Hey, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. I just want to say thank you for joining us here online. It is our prayer today that today's message would be helpful and meaningful to your life. If you're in the South Atlanta area, I would personally like to invite you to come to one of our three services on Sunday at 9 a.m., 10.30 a.m., and 12 p.m. We're located at 4401 Highway 155 North in Stockbridge, Georgia. You may visit our website for more information at sccview.net. Again, that's sccview.net. Thanks again for listening. I hope that you have a wonderful day. Well, good morning, everybody. It is so good to see you. We're so glad that you're here today. We are continuing a series today called Get Dressed. And um, today we're talking about, again, out of Ephesians 6, it's called the Armor of God. And uh, today we're going to be talking about the breastplate of righteousness. Now, would you agree with me that a problem that we have in our culture today, in our world, is that a lot of people do things with wrong motives. Would you agree with that? I mean, it's the impure motives. It's the wrong motives. And motives are what we have to protect from. Like, I would say that, you know, wrong motives usually is, is spurred by a deeper cause of something. And I think the word that we could use for that is greed. I think wrong motives are spurred on by something deeper, which is called greed. Would you, would you agree with me this morning that the majority of crimes that we hear about is spurred on by someone's greed? I mean, like someone, you know, holding you up in the parking lot, you know, and taking your wallet or your purse, and, and, and you know, I mean, that's greed, right? Taking what's not theirs, taking your stuff. And then, you know, I would even say that you could go on and further say, you know, like a rape, is it the highest form of greed? Someone trying to take something personally from someone uh, that they can't get back, back. And so we see now, like right now, sex trafficking is a big issue uh, all around the world, and especially, as a matter of fact, Atlanta has become one of the hubs. And so greed is, spurs all of those things. And I would say that wrong motives actually help that as well. Would you agree with me that maybe it's a wrong motive that spurs people on to murder someone's character? I mean, like, they just go out on social media and just blast that person in front of the whole world and say things to, about them that may not be true. That's the epitome of all of that. And so the Bible warns us against that. It warns us against that. So I want to give you a, what Paul wrote in Ephesians 5 and 3 and talks about this greed word and how, severity, how uh, serious it is. Look what he says. In Ephesians 5 and 3, he says, But there must be no sexual sins among you, or any kind of evil or what? A greed. Notice how he tagged evil or greed. It's, it's right together. And then he goes on to say this. He said, those things are not right for God's holy people. So th this morning as we look at that, I want to share with you that uh, uh, Ephesians 6 that we're about to read, I want to remind you that Paul is writing here, and he's writing as he's in prison. And he's beginning to think about, you know, this Roman soldier. Look what it says in Ephesians 6 and 13. He says, therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the days of evil come, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything to what? To stand. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist and with the what? The breastplate of righteousness. Now, I want you to look at this soldier, this picture that we've been looking at. And this is what Paul was chained to. So as God's speaking to him about how to prepare yourself spiritually He's beginning to think about this soldier and, and thinking about how the piece of armor, that how we have to protect ourselves, 
with that. And the thing that he shares is the breastplate of righteousness. Why? Because as you can see, that is the most vital organs that are, that are under his vest. And so the vest that I have on today, I know when you walk, when you seen those lights come on and you saw this, you're like, oh, is it going to be that bad? <laughs> but this is what our officer, law enforcement wear, and this is what uh, our soldiers wear into the battlefield, is to protect the vital organs. Because, you know, you can get shot in your leg, you can recover, but if you get shot, you know, in your heart, then you're done. And so it's protecting that. And so today, as Paul was writing to them, he was looking at that soldier saying, just like his most vital organs have to be protected, your most vital organ has to be protected, and that is your heart. And that goes back to your motives. Your, your motives have to be pure. And if you, and if you listen to the world, you're going to develop impure motives because the world is a lot about greed. It's about give me mine, give it to me now. I don't care how you feel. I don't care how this affects you. I want mine now. And greed is what, what pushes our society and our culture. So we have to be anti-culture. And we have to say, okay, what does God want to do so that we can protect our heart and so that we can live the life that you want to live and that God wants you to live? And so the Bible says this. Look what it says in Matthew 5 and 8. It says, Jesus actually said this. He said, blessed are the pure in what? In heart. Notice what he says after this. It's so key here. For they will see who? You know what he's talking about there? When your motives are pure, when you've got a connection with God through Jesus Christ, it's not that when you die you're going to see God. I used to read that beatitude, okay, yeah, yeah, I'll see God. I'll get this, one day I'll get to be to heaven and see God. No, he's saying that you will see God now. How will you see God now? The way that you will see God is this, is that you will be praying about something, and then all of a sudden you will see something begin to happen. You will see someone do something or something, and you will know God's at work. When something happens, you know, it'll be, everybody will say, well, that was a coincidence. No, it wasn't, because you've been praying about it, and all of a sudden it happened. You will see God. You will say, God did that. God did that in my life. And so what I want you to know is this, is that generosity, generosity is an antidote to greed. Matter of fact, I would say greed kills and generosity heals. So I'm going to get rid of this vest right now because I can't take it anymore. So my hat's off to all of our police officers and soldiers and stuff. I can't imagine having to wear this. Thank you. So I want to share with you this morning that about that, you know, greed kills. Greed kills relationships. Would you agree with that? There's a lot of people that, that aren't married anymore because they couldn't live with greedy. Right? Greed kills relationships. It kills relationships between husband and wife. It kills relationships between parent and child. It kills relationships with people at work. It kills all kinds of relationships. Greed kills. You know, I, I will tell you this is, a, this is the truth. It's not made up. Is that I was at a funeral uh, doing a, a, a part of a funeral about two or three years ago. And there was a, I heard a commotion in the room where the body was at of the person that was going to be buried. And, you know, I'm just standing so I can see into the room. I hear the commotion. And all of a sudden, there's a fight about to break out right there. And I'm like, what is going on, you know? And to come to find out, there was somebody that was trying to steal the wedding ring off of that person's body. I mean, how low can you go, you know? But that, I mean, wouldn't you say that is the epitome of all greed? I mean, that is the height of all greed is, is when that happens. And in greed kills, but generosity heals. And that's what God wants us to learn to be. 
so that we can have pure, the right motives. And that's what, the, that's what the breastplate of righteousness is all about, is protecting your motives. Make sure your motives are right. And so this, today, as we, as we begin to look at this, I want to share with you uh, what I think is four things, and then I have a tagline. And so we're going to read this tagline together every time before we read a point. So look at it with me. The tagline is this. I move from greedy and needy to generous and blessed when I... Let's just read that tagline together one more time. You ready? Come on, let's read it together. Here we go. I move from greedy and needy to generous and blessed when I. Okay, number one, here it is. Number one, look, for, look at every opportunity to be generous as a test to be blessed. As a test to be blessed. Now this morning as I say that to you, I want you to know I'm going to share with you an account in the Bible. It's called the uh, uh, feeding of the 5,000. And in many of you, some of you have heard that, some of you haven't. But it's actually where us, when Jesus was on the earth and he was teaching, it was recorded that he actually fed 5,000 people. We're going to get into that miracle in just a moment with a small amount of food. As Jesus is teaching, he's finishing up a teaching and, and he sees people that like there's almost uh, Bible scholars tell us there could have been Thirteen to 15,000 people there listening to Jesus. And as he gets finished teaching, he begins to tell, look at his disciples and say, okay, we got to eat. It's time to eat. We're all hungry. These people have been out here listening all day, and it's hungry. They're, they're hungry. And so we pick up the story in John. Look what it says in John chapter five, uh, 6 and verse 5. He says, when Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming toward him, he said to who? To Philip. He said, Philip? Where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? Now, I want you to read what's underlined with me. You ready? Come on, let's read it together. Here we go. He asked this only to, only to test him. Only to test him. For he already had in mind what he was going to do. And so what I want to share with you is this, is that Jesus says, okay, every opportunity to be generous is a test. Now, I'm not just talking about financially here. I'm talking about opening a door for somebody. Isn't that an opportunity to be generous? And so when I say when generosity flows in your home, it's a happy home. And so that's why I'm sharing this with you today. So it was a test to be generous. Now let me just say this to you. Jesus picks this up again in, in Luke's Gospel, chapter 6 and verse 38. And he says it's on your outline. So let's read that verse together. The, what's underlined? Let's just read what's underlined. You ready? Here we go. Give and it will be given to you. Now that's the test. See that? If you, you've got to give, and then the test is that it will be given to you. So you have to give first. It's the test. Given it will be given to you. And so this test that God wants us to take is a test of generosity. Because remember, it's either needy, greedy and needy, or generous and, ble and best, or blessed. But, 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 but something like that. You, that's all, folks. <laughs> Never mind, you have to be a little bit older to get that one. <laughs> But I just, you know, so it's either greedy and needy or generous and blessed. You can't have it both ways. And God was saying that every opportunity to be generous is a blessing. So look what God says when you give. He says, given it will be given to you. But he didn't just stop there. He says, you're going to get more than that. He says, a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be poured into your lap. For the measure you use, it will be measured to you. See, I want you to know that this, this breastplate of righteousness that we're talking about, this, this pure motives is so, is so key to have. Because without Christ, you won't have that. You only think about you. With God in your life, you begin to think about others first. 
And what I want to tell you, whatever you're lacking in your life, that's what he says you've got to give. If you need more love, then give more love. you like to have more affection, give more affection. Whatever you need in your life, you give. We say it this way at SEC, wherever you have a need, you sow a seed. And the first thing I would share with you is this, is that you've got to give your life first. The first step is giving your life, giving your life to Jesus Christ. If you don't, do not give your life to Jesus Christ and say, Lord, save me, come into my life, I want to follow you, then guess what? You can't receive the greatest gift of all. You're living your life by what you think is right instead of what God thinks is right. And God's way has been working out for thousands of years. How's it going for you right now? Just a question, just a thought. And so just before I go any further, again, I want you to point you to your your program, and inside of that program, there's a, at the bottom, there's a prayer. It's called the prayer to become a Christ follower. I challenge you today, if you're not a Christ follower, that you would make that decision today and you would give your life to Jesus. And here's a prayer that would help you start that process to do that. Then if you do that, when you do, when you do that, is that on the back of your connection card, you just check the box that I'm praying the prayer to become a Christ follower. Okay? All right. So remember what we said. Greed kills, generosity heals. Let's say it together. You ready? Greed kills, generosity heals. Greed kills, generosity heals. Okay, so let's go back to our tagline, and we're going to get to number two. Look at our tagline again. Let's read it together. Here we go. I move from greedy and needy to generous and blessed when I, number two, write it down, when I think about what I can do instead of saying what I can't do. Wow. I make that move from greedy and needy to generous and blessed when I think about what I can do instead of just saying what I can't do. Again, we go back into where, where Jesus is talking to his disciples. Remember, there's, there's like 15,000 people there. And Jesus said to, to Philip, he said, Philip, you know, I want you to now think about where we can get some people, some food for these people. And he said it as a test of generosity. So let's pick it up. Look what he says here. Okay, who's the first person right there? Philip, that's right, Philip. Philip answered him. Look what he said. Philip said, eight months' wages would not buy enough bread for each one to have a what? Have a bite. In other words, what he just looked at Jesus and said, hey, Jesus, hey, whoa, whoa, Jesus, Jesus. You see all these people out here? Have you seen our money bags lately? Have you seen, what we're, you seen our wallet lately? And he said, we don't have the money. Notice how, notice how his response was. His response was automatically said no. Absolutely not. No way. And then we pick up, he goes on to say this. So after Philip said that, then look what happened. Another disciple by the name of who? Who? Andrew, that's right. So Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. He said, here's a boy with five small barley loaves and two fish. But notice what he said after that. But how far will they go among so many? In other words, what he was saying is that, listen, instead of, instead of just saying no, he began to think, what can I do? What can I do instead of just saying no? He began to think, God, what can I do? So where Philip said, absolutely no way, this guy, Andrew, began to look around. He said, okay, let me see what we have. And he began doing an investigation. And he found this little boy who brought his lunch. And he had five pieces of bread and two fish. And so he said, here it is, Lord. I found this, but I don't know how far to go among, you know, 14,000 people. Matter of fact, he's probably thinking inside, it ain't going to go very far. This is it, you know. 
And so he began to think that way. So I want to challenge you today. So think what I can do. Begin to think about what I can do instead of saying what I can't do. Now let me help you out in just a second, okay? Before I go any further in this, I want to tell you, if you can change this mentality in your life, then it can change you. If you can begin, because we're, so we're taught by culture, and we're taught by maybe our parents, that, you know, we've taught to say no immediately. We're taught to talk about what we can't do. But I want to show you in God's Word that how, you know, without, with Christ, things can change. You, you know, God can help you. So look at this next verse with me. This next verse is Philippians 4 and 13. Now, I want you on the count of three, I want you to shout out the first word. You ready? One, two, three. Okay. You didn't listen. I said the first word. And what did you say? I can. <laughs> some of you didn't. Some of you said I, and some of you said can. I know. It was a setup, and half of you passed, and half of you didn't. Like the whole first service said, I can. I was like, gotcha. But you're the smarter group, right? <laughs> That's why you're here at 1030. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. So let's just shout out the first word. You ready? The first word. You ready? One, two, three. I. Do it one more time. I. One more time. I. Okay. So I, he's talking to you. He wants you to get that. I, I, I. Right? Now, I want us to put those two words together this time, and I want us to shout those two words out. You ready? One, two, three. I can. Come on, one more time. I can. One more time. I can. I can. You realize that you can? You have been told that you can't. Some of you sitting here today, somebody told you a long time ago that you wouldn't amount to anything. Somebody told you a long time ago you'd never make a good student, or you would, you would never make a good husband, you'd never make a good wife, you would never make, you'd make a good employee, you would never be good at that, you'd never be good at sports, you'd never be good at writing, you'd never be good at any of this. And many of us sitting here today have that recording going on and on. And every time we start thinking about what we should do, we have this voice that comes up and says, I can't, I can't, I can't. But I'm telling you today that in the power of Jesus Christ, when you have Christ in your heart, he changes that. Because notice what he says. He says, I can what? Do all things. I can do all things. Would you say that with me? Come on, you ready? I can do all things. One more time. I can do all things. One more time. I can do all things. Notice that. I just want to tell you, who told you you couldn't? The lid on your life right now, the lid on your life is, is that saying, I can't, I can't, I can't, because somebody told you you can't. I'm telling you today that there's a higher authority today that is telling you that you can take the lid off. I can do all things through Christ. Some of you have a dream that, that you quit following because somebody along the way said you can't do that and you bought that lie. I'm telling you today, through Jesus Christ, you can do all things, amen? All things through Christ. You can. So you got to stop playing the recording that says, I can. And that's why you got to get God's word that says, you can. I can. I can. It's not, I think I can. It's, I can. Anybody remember a little train on uh, television program? I can't remember the, was it Sesame Street? Thomas the Train. Oh, dear God. 
Now I'm talking about way before Thomas come out. Remember? The train goes up and says, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can. Thank you for your help. Thank you. In your mind, you know what? You need more than the, I think I can. You need to be, I know I can through Christ. I can do this. You know, it might not be exactly what everybody thinks it looks. It, it may not look like what everybody else thinks it looks like, but I can do it through Christ. And I just want to get that in your heart and your spirit right now. If you're going to have a, a, the breastplate of righteousness, you've got to protect your heart because people with their words will damage your heart. You see, the problem that we have is we have an infectious disease, heart disease. We need an infectious disease doctor to come and get the, help us to handle the infection. And that doctor is Jesus Christ to get out all that poison that people put in you that says you can't. And say, I can. Amen? You know people told me I'd never be a public speaker. You know I was in speech therapy like third and fourth grade. Yeah, after you listen to me now, you're like, hey, you may want to go back. <laughs> I did you know how many people told me I can't? But I just believe one voice that said I could. And God said I could. And he says you can as well. Amen? Amen. All right, so here, let's go to our tagline again. You ready? I move from greedy and needy to generous and blessed when I, number three, express thanks to God for what I do have. What I do have. So we go back into our account here. Jesus is, again, he's been teaching all day. He said, they're hungry. What are we going to do about it? And Philip said, hey, we don't have enough money. He went and said, I can't. But then Andrew began to think about what he could do instead of saying what he couldn't do. And then all of a sudden, he's found this little boy. He's got five, he's got five pieces of bread and two fish. And so we pick up the story, and look what happens. Look what Jesus did. He directed the people to sit down on the grass taking the five loaves and the how many fish? Two fish. And looking up to heaven, what did he do? He gave thanks. Oh, my goodness. You see, here's the problem. Is that too many of us are looking at what we do not have and we become ungrateful instead of looking at what we do have and being thankful. Now, there, look, at the, look at the picture with me. 15,000 people possibly out there, and they're hungry, and all that Jesus has in his hands is five pieces of bread, and how many fish? Two fish. And the thing that he does is he lifts that up, and he begins to pray, and he says, Father, I just want to say thank you for what you have already provided, because what you have provided is more than enough. You know what he did? He took inventory. How many of you have ever had to take inventory work? Maybe you look like this guy in the picture right here. Anybody? Yeah. Don't you hate that? Okay, let's see. We got one, two, three bolts over here. Da, 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 da. You know, there's X amount of pair of shoes here. There's this part over here. That's about the most boring thing. But taking inventory saves companies thousands of dollars, even millions of dollars. Why? Because they don't have to reorder it if they already have it. They don't, if you don't know what you have, then you don't know what you need. Did you hear that? If you don't know what you have, you don't know what you need. And many of you right here today, I would say the best thing that you could do today is begin to take some inventory. 
You see, you may be sitting here today, and you may say, I don't have anything. Let me just tell you something. I thank God because I didn't see anybody walking here barefooted. Thank you for that. I didn't see any dirty, nasty feet. I th- how, many, how many of you got shoes on? Let me see your hands right now, all right? Yes, thank you. We don't have to smell your feet. Thank you. <laughs> thank you for that. You see what I'm saying? God has provided you a pair of shoes. You begin to take inventory. You've got shirt on your back. This is what it, where it looks. You begin to say, okay, God, thank you for what I already have. I've got shoes on my feet. I've got a shirt on my back. I've got breath in my lungs. I've got two legs that I walked in here on. I've got a vehicle that brought me to church this morning. I've got a roof over my head. My stomach is fed. My children are fed. I am blessed by Almighty God. Amen? Amen, amen. What I already, already have. See, we start thinking about what we don't have, and we get depressed and discouraged and down, and our heart gets that heart infection again. But if the way you cure that is you begin to take inventory of your life, and you begin to think about what you already have and how God has already blessed you with the very essentials of life. A lot of people don't have that. A lot of people don't have clothes on their back, a car to drive, a roof over their head. But you have it. You take inventory of what you already have. Of what God has already blessed you with. Now, let me just say this to you. On the screen, there's a thought that's coming up here. And I'd like for you to read it with me. Look what it says. Let's read it together. You ready? Thanking God continually for the smaller blessings prepares my heart for the... Now, doesn't that just make sense? It just makes sense. I mean, here's, here's what I'm talking about. You, just think about this in a human way. If you have been doing things for people, you've been helping them out, you know, like you've been giving, them st- giving somebody something to help them out, and then they come to complain to you, you know, you don't ever give me nothing. I need this. I need this. I need this. And that's all they're talking about, what they need. And you've been giving to them the whole time. Would you want to give that person anything else? No, you wouldn't. You're like, listen, I about had it with you. I won't give you something. Right? I mean, I'm sorry, you're more spiritual than I am. That's just what I think. Hey. But I want to, you know, the deal is, is that when, when someone is ungrateful for what they've are, we've already done for them, why would you want to bless them more? And God said the best thing that you can do if you're going through a, 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 a difficult time right now is to take inventory of what you already have. And... This week, uh, Rhonda and I was having a, a meal, and I looked over, and there was a there was a, a young man, about his mid twenties, who was in a wheelchair, and he couldn't feed himself. Someone was having to feed him, and from the side profile, he looked just like my son. I want to tell you something. That put all my problems into perspective. I looked at Rhonda and I said, you know what? We don't have any problems. You see, when you begin to take inventory of what God has blessed you with, and it begins to minimize what you think is so bad in your life. And when you minimize what you think is so bad, then you can focus on what is the good part of your life. Amen? Amen. All right. So I want you to take a next step with me today. If you do me a favor, reach on the back of your connection card, the next step is this. It says, I will take inventory of the things God has already blessed me with.
We're talking about having pure motives and a pure heart. Why are you, why are you checking that box? I'm going to tell you, I've developed this bad habit. It's a bad habit. It's about three or four times a week. I will, before I come into the office, about 8, 8.15 or so, I'll, I will go down to McDonald's down there and have their egg white delight. 250 calories. But then when you put the grape jelly on there, it goes up about 300. Hallelujah. Thank God for that. And I've gotten this habit. I mean, it's just sort of, you know, I just develop, I go by there and I'll, I'll run in there and I'll get this egg white delight. They know when I'm coming. They'll see me coming there. I'll say, egg white delight and a small drink. I say, yes, that's me. I'm boring. You know, it's the same thing. And so I'll go get this uh, and, you know, I'll sit down and eat it. And by, because I've done that for a while, they know who I am. Somebody's told them, you know, I'm the pastor of this church. And so I'm over there eating my, I've gotten, make, gotten my order, I'm over there eating my egg white delight, and this young lady comes by, she has been uh, working the cash register, and she comes by, and she's cleaning the table. She says, can I tell you something? I said, yeah, you, you can tell me, what, what, what is it? She said, she looks around, she says, I want to tell you something. I said, well, go ahead, what is it? You know, I'm like, something bad going on, she said, I want to tell you. She's wiping the table, she said, when I was 18 years old, I had a tumor all the way across my back. It went up my back, went around all my organs, and they thought I was going to die. I said, really? She said, yeah. She's wiping her She's like, look. Yeah. She said, yeah. I said, really? She said, yeah. She said, I want to tell you. She said, you know, they did surgery. They took that tumor out. They said I wouldn't be able to walk right. And said, you know, said I'd, I'd die. She said, but, and she said, I would never have kids or ever have anything like that. She said, let me tell you something. Yeah, tell me. I got three kids. I'm walking. I'm good because God is so good. He has blessed me and he did what they said he could not do. He healed my body. God is good. Amen? You've got to take inventory. So I'm asking you before I move on, what has God already done for you? When you begin to remember that, you draw on his strength and his power. Jesus held it up and thanked God for it. Okay, number four. Let's read the tagline together. You ready? I move from greedy and needy to generous and blessed when I, number four, am willing to bless others with what I am being blessed with. Wow. As you write that down, you just go ahead and drop your eyes to the verse because we're going to pick it up. Remember, Jesus holding a fish up. Now, look what he had. He just prayed. In Matthew 14, he goes on and says, He broke the loaves, then he gave them to the disciples. Now, the disciples are glad about that, right? Because they're the one hungry. They're like, hey, send them people away. So he gave it to the disciples, and the disciples had a choice at that moment. Are they going to eat what he gave them, or what are they going to do with it? And the disciples then decided to do something else. Look, and the disciples gave them to the people... They all ate and were satisfied, and the disciples picked up how many? Twelve basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. You see what just happened there? Remember, they just moved from, from being greedy and needy to generous and blessed. Because the disciples could have said, when Jesus handed that to me, he could have said, Thank you, thank you, Jesus. Yeah, we're in this together. Y'all go. But they didn't do that, they ate it. I mean, they, <laughs> they didn't eat it. They gave it away, right? 
And after they served everybody else because of generosity, they were blessed. And guess what? They had 12 basketfuls left over. After everybody had eaten, they had 12 basketfuls left over. This is what the Bible, look what the Bible says in Proverbs 11, 25. Let's just read this together. It's sort of short. Let's read it together. You ready? Be generous and you will be, help others and, remember it's the motive, that pure motive of your heart that God blesses. Needy and greedy, or greedy and needy, or generous and blessed. I want to show you God's law about blessing you and me. God's law of sowing and reaping is this. It says, you reap what you sow, you reap after you sow, and you reap more than you sow. Did you hear that? You know, you know what the world's way of saying that is? Is what goes around comes around. God says it's sowing and reaping. You reap what you sow, you only reap after you sow, and you reap more than you sow. And that is a, that is a truth about God's goodness right there. You know, I want to share with you something that happened here. We're in a, we're in a what we call an I will giving initiative. That's what that card's all about in your program. About eight months ago, we started a, a raising funds to expand our building. And through this process, you know, we, we, we're raising money to do that. But last, about three weeks ago, we had the only rain that we've had outside of this morning in forever. But on Sunday morning, about three or four weeks ago, I was standing out here after the 1030 service. I mean, man, it started raining bucket loads. And it was time that service was over and, and people were coming out. And I watched this young lady. Her name is Sheena Lawrence. She has four children. She has four boys, and one of those is a very special needs young man. It takes her hours to get up and get her family ready to come to church. You know, this morning you may have to yell at your kids some. Maybe, maybe your spouse yelled at you, hurry up, let's go, we're going to be late. Why should we even go if we're going to be late? Blah, 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 blah. You can tell I'm married. But Sheena has to start hours earlier just to come. And so when we were getting ready to go out, it was pouring rain. And I watched this young lady with this special needs child try to load him up into a van, getting drenched. And people were trying to help, but she was so embarrassed. And I didn't know what to do. I'm sitting there, I'm choking up with tears because I know what she's been through to get him here and to get herself here. And those 65 minutes of peace that she receives while she's here is worth it. I'm thinking, God, will she ever come back? When next time there's a cloud in the sky, will she say, it's just not worth it? And so I made a decision at that point. We've all made a decision that we're going to stop that and... We think that everybody should have an opportunity to come and should be able to, to come into our building, access it without getting soaking wet. And that's why we're building this new building that you're going to see coming up now, expansion. You see on the end of that, that's a drive-thru. It's a two-lane drive-thru that people like Sheena Lawrence and others are going to be able to come through. You know what? Look around our room right now. Do you see any wheelchairs in our sanctuary? You know why? It's because people don't have access to our building. Our kids' area doesn't have an elevator in it. And so that's what we're going to fix. 
we realize that we cannot leave special needs children and people behind. And so we made a decision at SEC that we're going to give so that people can live. I told you, Rhonda and I, through this initiative, we were about to buy a brand new F-150 Ford pickup. It's a little, got black on it, and it's red. Oh, I'm, can I tell you, I've been dreaming about it. But we were about to do that. But when this issue come up about us expanding, we decided we would put that off, that we could give thousands of dollars toward that above our tithe. We're downsizing our home right now. Why? So that we can give more. Because we think that everybody deserves an opportunity for a better life through Christ. And we need to make our building accessible. So today, I want to say this before we pray. Inside of your program is a card. If you've not made a commitment already to help us with this project, I want to encourage you to, to think about it. If you're ready today, write your number down. It's a commitment. Maybe you made a small commitment and you want to up that. Today, I challenge you to do that. Take it home with you. Pray over it. Would you stand with me now and let's pray together? Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, right now in the name of your Son, Jesus. God, you're calling on our church to take a different stance in the world and, and God, not be greedy and needy, but be generous and blessed. I know it, the, Lord, the world looks at that and says, that's crazy. Just like those disciples looked at, looked at you, Jesus, when you were holding those two fish and those five pieces of bread. They said, that's crazy. But when we when generously put into your hands, oh God, it's amazing how you bless us. And Father, today I pray that you would bless us. Because there's no one higher, there's no one greater than you, oh God. And today we want to celebrate that. We want to celebrate what you've already done for us, God. You have blessed us. You've gave, given us cars to drive. God, you've given us houses to live in. you put clothes on our back, God. you blessed our children, oh God. We just want to say thank you today for that. And we lift our hearts and our hands today, God, to just say thank you one more time for what you've already done because you are a great God. Amen. Come on, would you stand now as we stand and would you lift your voices as we sing this together? Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net and click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.